know, got a little grammar quiz for you. Do you know, you know what the, what type of speech is the, the word who? Verb, pronoun, or noun? Yeah. Pronoun. Pronoun. Who? It, who is uh, what person, right? Or it can identify the character of a person. What kind of person is that? Young Josh Moore up here leading worship, right? Who is that person, right? Who is a pronoun? What about do? What what type of? It is a verb. Thank you, daughter. It is an it is an action. Uh, it's a, you perform. You do an act. It's a verb, isn't it? It's 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 active. And the word blessed is a, a it's an adjective. It's an adjective. It's just, it, it, the way we're going to use this morning, it's an adjective. Describing something to be happy or be content. How many of you want to be blessed in your life? Any normal person wants to be blessed. We're in Colossians 2. Colossians 2. And we're going to get out of the grammar mode real quick, so don't panic. Some of you are like, oh, no, this is terrible. I'm not saying it's going to get better, but we're going to get out of the grammar mode. I promise you that. We were in Colossians 2 last week. We're going to look at... Some verses right around what we did last week, but we're going to add to those, and we're going to see, I hope, some things that, that are really are life-changing. And I want to begin with the who this morning. Now, if you're not a Christian today, what we're going to look at is descriptive of who a Christian should be, who they are, what they look like. And we want you to become a Christian today, and I think if you look at this, it's very attractive and that you should want to be part of the tribe after you see this. If you are professing to be a Christian, one of the, one, an indicator today that you may not belong to God is by you fail this test, that, that's for sure. But this is who we are supposed to be, what we're fixing to look at. It's who we are and how we can be identified. Look in verse 5. These are verses that really talk strongly about the Christian life and the foundation of Jesus. For though I'm absent in the body, I'm with you in spirit. Now, first of all, Paul's saying this in a positive way, but doesn't that sound like your dad when he's mad at you? I'm not there, but buddy, I'm going to know what's going on, right? I'm absent in the body, but I'll find out what you did. I'm there in spirit. Paul's saying it in a positive way. I'm, I'm rejoicing in my spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith. Now, as a Christian, a church or a Christian, he says good order. That's a military phrase for being in line. Listen, if you're walking with Christ, if you're growing in Christ, there's an orderliness to your, your life. Not perfect, but there's a, you, you, you got marching orders from God and you're heading in a direction. There's an orderliness to how you are, are doing Jesus. And he says in a firmness, a firmness, there's an establishedness of your life. Verse 6, we looked at last week in detail. It says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in him. You were saved by faith. You continue in faith. You're, listen, you're, you're belong to Christ. Your life's orderly. You're following Christ. You're taking orders from him. You're firm. You're living by faith, not by feelings. And in verse 7, he really gets into some meat and potatoes. Rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, it's interesting, these words, the word rooted there, the tense of it, it's the idea of something that happened in the past but has an ongoing effect. And, and like the, a tree's roots, may, a tree may be here a hundred years, it's had roots for years and years and years, but those roots still play an ongoing 
uh, impact in their life. And when you were saved, man, you, you got rooted in Jesus Christ. You got grounded in Jesus Christ. And that's never going away. And, and that connection with Jesus is still, the Lord is speaking through our sound system. Did y'all hear that? Or was that just me? Okay. And, and I forgot what I was going to say. The Lord's speaking. And so you've been rooted in Jesus Christ. You've got deep roots that, that happened in the past and it's ongoing. And then he says built up. That, that you're being built up in him. And that's a tense that's ongoing. That you're being continually built up in Jesus Christ. It's a word of, of, of construction. Would you agree with me? Road construction would be a job of eternal security in America, wouldn't it? I mean, they're always going to be, go to Dallas-Fort Worth if you don't believe me. Just drive around. And and that's fine because hopefully the roads are getting better and they're improving. But we understand roads and buildings, you got to constantly be working on them. As a Christian, you didn't just get rooted in Christ and you're done. You are supposed to be constantly being built up and being developed and being shaped and, and being established. That word established was a legal word. If for a legal document, in other words, you, you listen, you belong to Christ. It's established. You, you belong to him. And then where our heartbeat's going to be this morning, abounding in thanksgiving. If you're taking notes, the word abounding is a great word. I'm not exaggerating. It means overflowing. It, it means a super abundance. It means to excel or to exceed in something. Not just a little bit, but to super exceed and he says in thanksgiving, the word thanksgiving is gratitude or thankfulness. It's biblically, it's a word of activeness. I love that. It's not, a, well, God knows my heart, a passive word. It's an active word. It's a gratitude and a thankfulness that, that has feet and hands and a mouth to it. There's two wonderful ideas, I believe, in this passage. As you came to know Christ, and as you grow in Christ, you, you, let's go back to verse 5, and let's look at that. You are a person that, that has been ordered, you're firm. Verse 6, you're living by faith. All this is helping you mature. Verse 7, you got roots in Jesus Christ, and you're constantly drawing nourishment from that. You're constantly being built up. See, part of, part of the problem, we got people in here today who really are saved. You stopped growing 10, 20 years ago, and that is terrible. you you got to keep being built up in Jesus Christ. you got to keep being built up. And then part of that maturing process, too, is an overflow of thanksgiving. God says when these things are evident in your life, this is a process that matures you. This is, this is very important. This is something that these things make you. you. You don't grow in Christ. You're not right with Christ without this. But here's the cool thing, that abounding in thanksgiving, the last, the last phrase in there, abounding in thanksgiving, also has the idea of not only is that something that makes us, it's something that shows that we belong to Jesus Christ. It's a root and it's a fruit. Does that make sense? It helps make you who you're supposed to be in Jesus Christ. See, maybe part of the reason today you're, you're not growing in Christ and you're stale and you're, you're blaming your Bible study teacher or the worship leader or the preacher and, and we all may have our issues, but part of it may be you're just a negative, grouchy, gripey person and you are never going to grow into Christ's likeness like that. Amen? Amen. No, you're not. 
And so he's saying, well, I like, well, I like that rooted. I like that being built up. Man, I can go do a Bible study. That's awesome. But you're also abounding in thanksgiving. That helps you mature. But it also shows who you are. It's who you are. It's how you become a mature believer. It's who you are. It shows who you are. You're a person that's super grateful, and you're abounding in these things. I love what a lady named Alice Walker said about gratitude and being thankful. Why it's so important to God and why it's so significant. Number one, it takes humility. Listen, you know the reason some of us, we're not very thankful because we got everything we want. We don't have any felt needs. We got all the money we want, power, influence, clothes. We're all good. It won't take but one little thing happening and you'll realize your deep need for God. Pray that doesn't happen. Pray you can realize your need with God for God without that happening. But to be grateful takes humility. To come to, come up to somebody after church and to sincerely thank them takes humility. And we don't want to do that a lot of times because we, we're too arrogant. And to be thankful to God, it takes humility. And Alice Walker said gratitude comes from a humbleness and a recognition. It's recognizing we need God and we need others. That's one of the reasons it makes it so great. You see, being a really grateful person is who the mature Christian is. This is part of how you become mature. And it is part of the proof that you are growing in your relationship with Christ. It's who we are. So here's something I want to challenge you with throughout this sermon. Choose to be super thankful. I looked at that word super this week, and I thought, I'm, I'm overdoing it a little bit. They're going to think I'm being melodramatic. Abounding is, a, is overdoing it, and God overdid it, right? God said to be abounding in gratitude, overflow like a river's overflowing the banks, like your plate's going to be overflowing Thursday, Amen. Mine will be. And be overflowing with gratitude. It's who we are. Here's the second thing. That's the word do. That's the word do. Gratitude is something people who are serious about Jesus or who want to be serious about Jesus. This is something we do. Verse 7. Rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith. Just as you were taught. Abounding. Overflowing. Excelling. And being thankful. It's who we are and it's what we do. This is very simple, but it's so important. Gratitude takes, obviously, humility, but it takes two things recognizing a blessing and expressing appreciation for it. Recognition and expression. Now, don't listen, don't fall into that phony baloney. God knows my heart. God knows my heart. They know my heart. You know how many people go to divorce court because somebody thought they knew their heart? gratitude needs to be expressed. Listen, being thankful and not sharing, it's like buying someone a nice gift for Christmas, wrapping it in a beautiful package and putting it in the closet and never giving it to them. It doesn't do any good. So this is something that's meant to be shared. So two parts of this do that I want to challenge you today. Number one, be very thankful to Jesus. Be very thankful to Jesus. Be very thankful to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is a misunderstood verse, but man, it's such a great verse. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for everything that happens. Some things that happen are evil, they're sinful, they're terrible. All of us have been in places, or most of us who are a little bit older, where you've seen things happen that are just horrible, heartbreaking, terrible. You don't thank God for, for that event, but he's saying in every circumstances, you go, what's God's will for my life? It's God's will for my life that I'm thankful 
regardless. I find things to be thankful of regardless of what's going on. Now, I want you to do this when you go home. Read in Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, it's like verse 15 through 19 or 20. It's a great story about Jesus about Jesus healing people. He healed 10 people who had leprosy, terrible disease. And nine did not even come back and thank him. They didn't tweet him. They didn't text him. They didn't Snapchat him. They didn't do anything. They didn't come back and say, thank you that now I have fingers again. I can be back in society again. One person came back. And you know what Jesus said to that one? He goes, oh, I'm God. I know they're hard. It's okay. You know what Jesus said? He was stunned. I just healed 10 people and only one came to thanks. Listen, you need to, if you're a Christian, you need to set aside time to pray daily. And, and whether that's one minute, two minutes, three minutes, you need to set aside time to pray to thank Jesus. You say, what do I thank him for? If you have the ability to thank that, thank him for your mind, thank him for your ability to be here this morning, thank you for the clothes that you have and the food that you have. There's a thousand things to thank him for. Thank him for your teeth or your tooth. Thank him for your teeth, your toothbrush. I said, you're going to fix it, your teeth brush, your toothbrush. There's so many things to be thankful. Well, I'll thank you for the same thing every day. He doesn't care. If someone was being sincere with you and thanking you for the same thing every day, would would that bother you? It wouldn't me. How many of you plan on going to heaven? When was the last time you thanked Jesus for that? Because, by the way, you're not going there without him. Am I correct? And so you you ought to thank him for that. Every day, man, you ought to thank the Lord. You You ought to thank Jesus throughout the day. Thank him when he blesses you. Hey, here's a novel idea. You know what y'all do Thursday? Spend some time thanking Jesus. Wouldn't that be cool? It's not Halloween, remember? It's Thanksgiving. Spend some time thanking Him. Let me tell you another, a a great habit to get into. So simple. Before you go to bed tonight, you're sitting by your bed or whatever, you think of five things you're thankful for. Think about them, and then thank God. Well, I don't know what to be thankful for. Well, thank Him you have a bed. Won't have a bed. Thank Him you have a floor. Thank Him you have heater if you have heat. Thank Him that you have the ability to thank Him. You can think of five things to thank Him. Recognize the blessing and thank God. You know, the first thing you all do in the morning when you get up, the same thing. Thank God for five things right off the bat. Here's what I do. I'll reach over and I'll touch Cindy. I'll thank her. Then I'll reach over and I will touch I will touch Clayton or somebody you may go, need to go over here. I think we may have a problem up in the balcony. Will, could you go there, please? Let me have y'all's attention real quick. Let's pray. Lord, we don't know what's going on, but we ask you to be with that situation, Father. I pray that you will help our people to be able to help in any way that they can. And Lord, we pray everything will be okay. And we thank you, Jesus, that when things aren't okay, we thank you that you're here, you're with us, you love us, and you're with us every step of the way. And it's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'm going to continue on. Y'all, re- y'all with me? Ready? Okay. Thank the Lord. you got a lot of things to be thankful for. Here's the second thing. Thank other people. 
Be very thankful to other people. Man, there's so many people that we need to be thankful for and that we can be thankful for. Philippians 1.3, Philippians 1.3, this is God through Paul. I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. Now, here's something really neat. God used Paul to write 13, we believe 13 of the New Testament, 27 books. And at least in eight, maybe nine of those times in those New Testament letters, he begins it or he ends it by saying, I am thankful to God for you. Can you imagine how encouraging that was to them to have the Apostle Paul, the great Paul, say this, hey, when I think about you, I thank God for you. And he was sincere. He wasn't trying to get anything from him, wasn't trying to benefit him. He was trying to bless them and help them. Hey, you know what you'll do for other people when, when you do something like that? It, it'll be unbelievable how you'll help them. Priscilla Taylor is probably a medical doctor in America now. She was a medical student in 1995. And, and one summer, she got the chance to go to Zimbabwe to work at a medical clinic for people who did not have hardly anything at all. And she, uh, Clayton, are you coming to talk to me? No? Okay. And so she uh, was able one time to help a boy, help, help a, a, a man who had chest pains. And they were able to give him some medicine. They were able to treat him. And he was, he was fine. He was fine. And a few weeks later, he came back in the clinic to thank her. And what she didn't know is that he had literally walked 22 miles one way to come back to say thank you. Now, listen, I'm not telling you you need to walk to Monroe to thank somebody today. But you know what you could do that would be so simple? You could text them. You could email them. If you're really old, you could write a letter and mail it. You could make a phone call. You could stop somebody here this morning after church and tell them thank you. You want to give somebody chest pains Thursday? Just tell them thank you. I love you. Thank you. for You'll probably shock them because people don't do that very much. Man, be thankful to other people. Show, show that gratitude to people and help people. A.W. Tozer was a great Bible scholar. He's in heaven now. Listen to what he said one time. He said, gratitude is something the poorest of us can do, and yet it makes us richer. Gratitude is something that is precious in the sight of God and the sight of others. It's something any of us can do, and by doing it, you lose nothing. In fact, you gain by your gratitude. I want to encourage you. Bless others with your thanksgiving. Choose to be super thankful. Choose it today. Choose it tomorrow. Choose it Thursday. Choose to be super thankful. And let's talk about this last word, blessed. Folks, I want to tell you, when you and I take a posture, a lifestyle of gratitude, we bless God. We please God. That Luke, that Luke 17 story, when, when that guy came back and thanked Jesus, he was, he was overwhelmed by the lack of gratitude the others and overwhelmed by that one person's gratitude. You please God. You please others. I, I know every person in this room who is mentally sound, you like when people thank you. You like when people thank you, and it, you bless others. But here's the cool thing this morning. When you exercise and practice gratitude, it blesses you. It absolutely blesses you. You, you will be really blessed by your gratitude. Look in verse 7. 
rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You know, you could, you could watch maybe today on TV and some TV preacher might say, if you will send $10,000 to my ministry, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. You, and I don't know if that's true or not, but I want to tell you, this is true. If you and I truly become gracious people, and I mean beyond just we go home today and we try it for five minutes and it doesn't work. If we, we take a lifestyle with this, it will bless us. I want to share with you some facts from, from outside the Bible, some things that science is finding out about gratitude. That, by the way, isn't this cool? Jesus knew 2,000 years ago. Isn't that pretty cool? He knew these things to begin with. Now, this is the, the, a negative. This is not a, a good thing. But in an article titled Dying of Despair, that's a bad article, it talked about young people aged 12 to 20 in the United States and for, from the year 2005 to the year 2014, a 10-year period, Major depression rose 37% among that age group. But now listen to this other article. In the title of this article for you parents, it's, it's titled Making Grateful Kids by a man named Jeffrey F-R-O-H. I'm not going to try to pronounce that, F-R-O-H. Making Grateful Kids. And listen to how it piggybacks to what I just said. Studies show young people 11 to 19 whose parents help them and they learn to be grateful, listen to what happens to them. They're happier. They're more optimistically optimistic. They're socially better. They do better in school, and they are physically healthier, healthy. What may be the, the solution or one of the solutions for depression among the young people is gratitude, letting their parents be an example and letting it live out to other people. Success Magazine last year had an article about gratitude and what it does to our brains and how when we start being grateful, it helps our brain process positive things better. It makes us more optimistic. It increases joy in us. It helps our relationships. University of California, San Diego Medical Center. Listen to this. And this is 2017. They're not trying to make a church statement here. But listen to what they found out about gratitude. When people regularly practice being thankful, not grouchy, not figuring out everything that's wrong, not being upset about every little thing. Now, I'm all for making things right. But when you focus on gratitude, listen, listen to what happens. Listen to what happens. The more grateful people, it helped their heart, it helped with inflammation, it helped with depression, it helped with fatigue, it helped with sleep, it helped their immune system, and the stress hormone cortisol was 23% lower in people who practice gratitude. God knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? I want to read you two, two articles, they'll be very quick, about gratitude, a neuroscience article, neuroscience is brain science, and about what gratitude, being thankful, does to us. Does it really affect your brain biologically? Absolutely, it does. How many of you ever heard of the antidepressant Wellbutrin? You ever heard of that? Four of us. It is, uh, it is an antidepressant to help people who are down. It boosts the neurotransmitter in your brain, your body, dopamine. So does gratitude. The benefits of gratitude start with the dopamine system because feeling grateful activates the brainstem region and produces dopamine. Additional gratitude towards other increases activity in the social dopamine circuits, which makes social interactions more enjoyable. Isn't this cool? How many have ever heard of Prozac? You heard of Prozac as one of the first or more modern antidepressants. It boosts the neurotransmitter serotonin in our system. 
which helps is supposed to help with depression. One powerful effect of gratitude is it can boost serotonin. Wow. Trying to think of the things you're grateful for forces you to focus on the positive aspects of life, not all the negative. This simple act increases serotonin production in your brain. Is that not wonderful? And, and listen to this. Several years ago, Sean Aker, a psychologist who teaches at Harvard, if you're not familiar, Harvard is not a fundamentalist Christian college, so this was not biased towards, uh, you know, redneck evangelicals. But the studies suggest that we can train our brains to become more grateful. Listen to what they had people do. This might be great for some of you to do this week. Set aside five minutes a day to practice gratitude. One study in which people were asked to take five minutes the same time every day to write down three things they were thankful for. It didn't have to be big things, fancy things, just concrete and specific. I'm thankful for the delicious Chick-fil-A I had last night. I'm thankful for the delicious flying burger I had last night. I'm thankful that my daughter was nice to me yesterday. I'm thankful that my spouse gave me a compliment. I mean, just simple things like that. Write them down one week. Spend five minutes focusing on them. At the end of the month, the researchers followed up, and they found that those who practiced gratitude, even the ones who stopped the exercise after one week, were happier and less depressed. Remarkably, listen to this, remarkably, after three months, the participants who had been part of one-week experiment were still more joyful and content. And unbelievable, they couldn't believe this. Six months later, they were still happier, less anxious, and less depressed. And the researchers couldn't, they couldn't explain it. They just said, I guess the simple practice of writing it down, which helps solidify it in the brain, and focusing on three things to be thankful for, prime the people's minds to search for the good things in their life. Do you think God knew all that 2,000 years ago? When he said, give thanks in all circumstances, when he says that Philippians 4, 8, to focus on the good and the positive, absolutely God knew that. A University of Georgia study, this will shock you, a few years ago said that couples that practice gratitude are happier in their marriage. Duh! You, do you need to have a study about that? Go home and, and be mean to your spouse for a week and then be thankful for a week and tell me what works better for you. See, this is all a God thing. You are blessed when you bless God and bless other people. It boomerangs back on you. It's who we are. It's what we do. And when we are this way, it blesses us. It changes our life. Rudyard Kipling was a great writer a long time ago. Got a Nobel Peace Prize in, I think, 1904, 1907. At the height of his career, he was so famous, he got a certain amount of dollars for every word he wrote, and that was a lot of money. And so some college students wrote him and said, you know, tell, give us one word. What is the, your, the most important word in the English language? Of course, this is back... 100 years ago, so it took time. But finally, when he got back to him, he gave him his one word, and his one word was thanks. That's the most important word in the English language. I would say maybe Jesus, but thanks would have to be in the top five, wouldn't it? And I, I want to tell you today, all of us are looking for a quick fix, or we're looking for something to make us better, to change our game, to help us. This is it. I think this is really it. You find Jesus, and, and you make a choice. And it is a choice that you're going to truly be a grateful person. 
starting today and tomorrow and Thursday and the rest of your life, it will change your game. So I want to challenge you one more time. Choose to be super thankful. Choose to abound and overflow in thanksgiving. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I'm going to talk to you more in just a moment. But if you're here today and you're not a a Christian, you're watching online and you're not or you're not sure, maybe by the lack of gratitude, God's speaking to your heart about that. And you're ready to cross the line with Jesus. Pray with me where you are and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. And Jesus, I believe you're God's son. And that you died for me and arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in a moment. And when we do, I want to challenge you. Some of you may have prayed and asked Christ in your heart just then or you're ready to do it. You come today and give your life to Jesus. If you don't want to walk the aisle, I'll be at this door after church. You come find me. But don't leave the building today without solidifying things with Jesus. You need Christ more than you need anything else. That's the foundation. Maybe you'd like to join the church. You you can do that after church if you want to. Or or you can come when we stand. And you can come and join us this morning. You need a good church. We'd love for you to be a part of us. God's leading you to here. You're a Christian today. Maybe it's time to do some repenting. Maybe it'll be where you're standing or it's at the altar. You just need to say to God, God, I'm an ingrate. And my heart's wrong. Get it right with God today. Some of you, maybe you just want to come to the altar and pray with the minister, get on your knees and just thank God. Thank Him for how He's blessed you. You're not going to bother any of us. Maybe in the invitation, there's somebody you want to go to this morning and just say thank you for how you blessed me. Say thank you to somebody. Maybe it's just making a commitment that you're going to choose to be abounding in thanksgiving the rest of your life. Let's stand. God leads you, you come.